Well, happy day to you, Living Streams. Happy Sunday. Happy Mother's Day. Happy day 55 or 56 of quarantine, whatever it might be. Happy birthday, if that applies to you. Happy it's getting real hot now, day. Um, hope you are doing well there in your living room, wherever you might be watching. Um, I want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for taking the time to um, participate with us in this strange season that we're in. Um, thank you, Living Streamers. Thank you, Not Yet Living Streamers. Some of you sneaking in here. I see you. Um, and also, you out-of-towners. We hear that it's like 15 or 20% of these people watching are from out-of-towners. And welcome you. We'd love to hear from you. Leave a little message um, for us. Just let us know um, how you're doing or if you got a great joke or something like that. That'd be good. Um, we could all use that right now. But today, I'm going to be coming to you really from three different roles. I'm, I'm the lead pastor at Living Stream, so I'm going to speak to you a little bit. From there, um, I've been feeling the Lord kind of speak to me, maybe even a little prophetically. So I'm going to share a little bit stern in my soul in that regard. And then ultimately, I'm going to be the preacher like normal and uh, come to you with a message from Proverbs 31. But um, because, you know, Stephen here, he just led worship and he's here. I, I thought it'd be fun to see if he could help us get a little vibe. So Stephen, you got a little, uh, you got a little uh, pastor vibe for us? Kind of get us in the mood for that? Oh yeah, that's happy. That's happy pastor right there. What about a prophet? You got you got the prophet? Oh yeah. How about the preacher? <laughs> there you go. Just kind of a little annoying. That's true about preachers. A little, a little annoying. <laughs> well, anyways, um, we are gonna jump in and and I wanna talk to you about um, our church, where we're at as a church. Um, we are a family. We are called to walk together in this time. There is a real commitment and covenant that we've made um, to this local church. And it's been beautiful to see how you guys are loving and serving one another from little driveway dinners here and there or drive-by birthday parties, um, everybody getting their Zoom on, a lot of benevolence going on. Um, it's very, been very encouraging. And I want to talk to you about what the next phase is for us at Living Streams. Um, Reopening is the big question, is the big word these days, and we have a plan um, for what it's going to look like over the next month or so, and I want to lay those things out to you. First of all, we will reopen our building for smaller gatherings as soon as we get the go-ahead. Um, we've never closed the church, obviously. We're still doing a lot of things that we can, um, but we're going to reopen for smaller gatherings kind of as we get certain numbers from our government recommendations and that. We believe, number two, a phased reopening for Sunday mornings is the best way forward. Um, and I know for some that's going to be hard because they want to get back now, some that don't want to get back later. So we're kind of walking it out, but a phased approach seems to be the best for us. Um, we're calling the next phase uh, um, Home But Not Alone, and it's going to take us through Father's Day, just as a heads up there. We're on Mother's Day, plan through Father's Day. Um, we want our reopening to be a time of celebration and not a time of division. And so we're really kind of praying through that. We're talking with people. We're doing our best job um, to lead in this time. Here's the home but not alone plan. We feel God leading us into a season of growing, forming, and strengthening um, by meeting house to house. The first church did this. We're going to do this, this series. We're going to teach about it, talk about it, and it's gonna, it really could be a great time. Between now and Sunday, May 23rd, we want you to invite some people over to your house for a Sunday service. Yes, it could sound scary, but so that it could be this time where we're doing church together in our homes. On Saturday, May 23rd, pray 
and set up your living room to be an inviting sanctuary. Think about hospitality. Think about what you'd want. And uh, don't forget the donuts, probably, either. You know, it always helps cover a multitude of troubles. And then on May 24th, sit down, relax, and join the live stream of Living Streams with your group, whatever you have formed at that point. And uh, we're going to be doing this for, again, a, 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 a series of weeks. So if it's too scary for you to start, maybe just start with a, one person, then add a little bit more. But um, we really are excited about seeing what the Lord could do in that regard. And, and it might sound contrived in some ways, but I really believe this could be the greatest spiritual formation and evangelistic phase of Living Streams history. I really believe that. Um, I feel compelled by God for this. And I'm asking you to lean into it, church. Uh, a little pep talk for you. Please step up. Please give it a shot. Please try. Please think about it. Please, um, whatever kind of role I, I have in, in leading, whatever role that this church you've given yourself to, this is really what we're feeling like we need to lean into right now. So please, give it your all, and then uh, we'll get back together after that. Um, now, for a little bit of a prophetic kind of word for you. Um, this has been stirring in my heart really for a long time. Uh, me and the Lord have been kind of talking about what this year and what this season all about is. And so I'm sharing this um, gently with you. I don't want you to take this and go crazy. I just want to share this, something you can kind of hide in your heart, process with you and the Lord and the community that you're in, um, and, and see what goes. But this is kind of that the little bit of a prophetic pastoral heart that I'm bringing to you right now. Um, it's clear to see that major disruption has taken place in the physical aspect of society with so many infected with COVID-19. It's clear that a major disruption has taken place in the economic aspect of society with so many losing income, jobs, losing retire money, or being furloughed. I know I've talked to many of you about that. Um, what is not clear yet is what the impact on humanity's soul will be and spirit will be. And here's what I feel like the Lord is, is speaking to me about that a little bit. Like a blizzard can shut down a society for a day or two, this virus and the reaction it generated has shut down our society temporarily. But is this blizzard an anomaly and everything's just going to go back to normal, or is it an indicator that a harsh winter could be coming? This is what I've been praying about. This is what I've been laboring in prayer about. My sense is the latter. I think we have a harsh winter of some sorts ahead of us. I don't know what the nature of the harshness will be or where it will be coming from. But what I'm hearing from the Lord is this. Now, please, this is what you need to hear. This is what you need to chew on and meditate on. It's not a time for us who know Jesus to be afraid or to bunker down. God has both given us light and warmth and made us light and warmth. Wherever we go and to whoever we go, we can bring that light and warmth to the people who are becoming very aware of the cold, maybe in their own lives or in the world around us. Just like Noah and his family floated through the flood, and the children of Israel were spared from the ten plagues, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fire, but were not burned, we who love Jesus and cling to Jesus will not see our light go dim or our warmth run out. Instead, we will experience a new intimacy with Christ and a new power for living and loving others. So do not fear, little flock, as Jesus would say, as Jesus did say. Your heavenly Father is so excited to give you the royal power, the authority, the dominion in life. And as you see the world shaking, remember that Jesus is a rock that has never been and never will be shaken. So we can have courage, but we also need to lean into what the Lord is 
kind of doing in this time and pray about that as well. So, there you go. There's a little, little pastor for you, little prophet for you, and now we'll get to the preaching. If you want to grab a Bible and turn to Proverbs 31, we're going to share a message um, uh, from that. Now, some of you know that Proverbs 31 is a, is a story about the Proverbs woman. It's this like really wonderful, amazing woman uh, um, for most of the chapter, and you're thinking, oh great, another Mother's Day where we're going to hear about all the things I'm not doing in my life. <laughs> that could be true, but that's not the point of this. Because in the very first part of Proverbs 31, there's actually something that's interesting. There's a message from a mom to her son who just so happens to be the king. And so that's what we're going to pick up in. So Proverbs 31, verse 1. It says, The sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Listen, my son. Listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, Lemuel. It's not for kings to drink wine, nor for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. This is what this mom was sharing with her son. Maybe it was at his coronation. Maybe it was at his first big mistake. Maybe it was at the height of his power. I don't know exactly what it is. But what we do know from Hebrew scholarship is that King Lemuel is probably most likely a nickname of some sort of Solomon, of King Solomon. We know Solomon wrote most of the Proverbs. Um, he was very wise, um, the wisest man that ever lived, according to the Bible. Um, and here it is in, in, in recorded at the last chapter. There's this saying that his mother taught him. And so his mother, most likely, if it's Solomon, is Bathsheba. So we're probably talking about some sort of um, inspired utterance that Bathsheba spoke to her son Solomon, maybe repeatedly, maybe from when he was young, maybe not. We don't know exactly again. But this is Bathsheba speaking. And I love what, the, what Proverbs does here. It says this is an inspired utterance. Not only is the Bible confirming that this mom, this woman, had so much good teaching and guidance to give, but it also is Solomon, the wisest person that ever lived, is giving credence and credit to his mom, this woman that taught him and led him. And what I want to make sure is, moms, please don't ever discount your ability to speak God's word to your family. You have such an important role to play. You carry the word of God. Your voice has meaning and matter. You can know God's word and teach God's word. And it can be an inspired utterance. I love how the Bible values and esteems the voice of women in that way. Next she says, listen my son, the answer to my prayers. And I think this is an interesting phrase because if this is Bathsheba, what we know of Bathsheba is her first son died at a very young age. Um, she was, was bathing on her roof one time, which I think was a normal thing. King David saw her and got lustful in his heart, and he called her to the palace, probably wined and dined her, and they ended up having adultery. She was a married um, woman. He was a married man. They committed adultery, and she became pregnant. David, later after that, had her husband killed in war. All kinds of horrible things happened, but they ended up being married 
Um, she came to live in the palace. She conceived um, and gave birth to the son. And shortly after the son was born, the son died. And it caused great grief to David, but absolutely it caused grief to Bathsheba. And so here this broken-hearted mom, who's been through all of this confusion and distress, is now given birth to a son, and there's a little hope there, and then that son dies. And so she's speaking to her son. She's saying, this you, Solomon, you're my next son. You are the son of my prayers. In all of my anguish, I cried out to God. In all of my anguish, I prayed. And God answered my prayer and gave me you, gave me a son. And, and I want you to just know that, moms, it's so important that you remember that your prayer life is your life. It's so important to understand your prayer life is your life. God hears your prayers. He knows your prayers, even the ones that come from your broken heart. My mom was someone that prayed all the time. My mom was someone that I looked up to in a million different ways. Uh, my mom also had a broken heart. Her father left her when th she was three years old. Um, my father took his own life at one point, and she had to carry all of that grief. And then when she was 53 years old, she got um, hit with cancer, and it metastasized to her brain, and there she was on her deathbed at 53 years old, so much life ahead of her. And I, I, I talked to my mom at that time and said, Mom, are you praying? What is God telling you? What is God saying to you? Mainly hoping that I could receive comfort, not even totally worried about whether she would receive comfort from it. And she told me very clearly that God was speaking to her because she had cultivated that prayer life. She spoke to God about her broken heart from when she was young, and God brought her strength and solace. She spoke to God a lot about her broken heart when my dad took his life, and God once again over time brought her strength and solace. And now she's here facing her own mortality, and she cried out to God. Prayer life was her life. She knew that. And she said God told her that his power was over her to heal her. I'll never forget those words. And I thought maybe that meant he was going to heal her. And she said, that doesn't mean he's going to heal me. It was like she was saying, we talked it over. And he said, I, I have the power to heal you. I'm close enough to do it. But I have a better plan. Can you trust me? And at that moment, she said, of course, I'll trust you. And she had, once again, so much strength and solace as she faced her last days and her last breath, which ultimately brought me so much comfort. So moms, please understand, prayer life is life. Um, next, he goes on, uh, the mom goes on and says, Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. This is something that I think, if again, if, if Bathsheba is writing this, which I believe it was, um, she, she knows the king, King David, called her to the palace one night and wined and dined her, and they ended up having an affair. She watched as King David's sons, not her sons, but sons from other mo mothers, um, also raped and murdered each other. She watched all the dysfunction and all of the challenge there, and basically she's saying to her son, don't do like your dad did. Don't do like so many kings have done. This sexual immorality, the lust that fills the heart of humanity will cause ruin and pain for everyone if you partake in it. And this is a word that we need to hear, America. This is a word that we need to hear, Church of Jesus Christ. We have got to watch out for this. We have got to resist and fight this. We cannot give our strength to the things that ruin us. And this was the mom's plea to her son. Next she goes on to say, It's not for kings, Lemuel. It's not for kings to drink wine. 
Uh-oh. Now the pastor's really messing. What's he going to say? What's he talking about? Don't take away my quarantini. I'm digging this virtual happy hour. Well, I'm not talking about alcohol is bad. What I'm talking about is this mom who has lived in palace life. She's seen all the parties. She's seen what it's done. And she's seen that people have forgot themselves. They forgot their place. They forgot those who were in pain. In their inebriation, in their, their, their kind of freedom and looseness from intoxication, they've done things that have really hurt people. And when you are someone that has authority, you are someone that has power, if you're not in your right frame of mind, you can do real damage. And so moms, we've got to teach our kids to not mess around with this stuff, to not think it funny and light, and to be a lot more careful with this. Alcohol is something that our country and our nation is totally, totally given over to. It's total idolatry for us. And again, it's not a bad thing. But, but every, every good thing can become a bad thing if we let it take, its, take too high a place in our lives. And so maybe some of you at this point, you're going, man, ever since quarantine hit, I've upped it a little bit. I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just saying take some stock. Listen to this broken mom's heart as she says, please, king, you have authority. You have, you have dominion. You have, you have people that look up to you and that, that you influence. And don't let alcohol cause you to cause more pain than necessary. And then she goes on after that to talk about um, this last chunk. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. So first of all, she's saying basically don't give your strength and power away to the things that can ruin you. Um, don't give your strength and power away to some kind of inebriation or escapism to where you're not really strong and ready to do your job because it hurts. Um, don't let pain steal you away and kind of make you make bad decisions. En embrace the pain. Embrace the challenge of, of leadership and all of that. And now she says, and don't forget. Please don't forget those who can't speak for themselves. And I had to puzzle a little bit. Where, where would Bathsheba be coming from on this regard? Because I think actually David was a king known for um, defending the poor and, and, and the hurting. And maybe she saw this in, in David's life. Maybe she didn't see this in David's life and is crying out. I, I don't know exactly how it came about. But I know that this is a really important thing to her as she's speaking to her king. To use your strength for those who don't have strength. And it reminds me a lot of what Jesus taught us. That basically the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And I think what that means is basically in the economy of heaven, the, the one who wins is not the one who gets across the finish line first. In the economy of heaven, the one who wins is the one who helps all the, the, the most amount of people get across the finish line. The one who gets behind people and pushes. And she's saying, as a king, you have the right for everybody to do everything you want and to lift you up. But instead, a true king should get under everybody else and use their power to lift them up. And this is a beautiful, beautiful depiction of what Jesus has done for us. Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, He left His throne in glory. And he came and walked among humanity. He was born as a humble babe, poor, oppressed in, in Bethlehem. And he walked around giving light and warmth to humanity. No one knew he was a king. No one would have ever thought he was a king. There was nothing kingly about him except for his heart and the way that he walked 
and the way that he lived. And even then, he kind of gave all that up, even to death on a cross. And all of that was done so that you and I could have a taste of God's glory. You and I could have a place in God's kingdom. You and I, no matter what you have done, no matter where you're at right now, you can know that your name could be written in his book. That's the kind of king Jesus is. And so basically, though, I want to sum all this up real quick for us. Um, ultimately, this mom is talking to a king. She's talking to literally her son who is king over a land. But the truth is the Bible speaks about you and I, each one of us, whether we're old, young, whether we're male, female, whether we're smart, not smart, whether we're good, not good, whatever it is. If we belong to God, we are called to be prophets, priests, and kings. You are called to be a king. It's a little weird for the women, I know, but get over it. It could be cool. You're called to be a king. You're called to rule. Basically, you have royal blood. You have the anointing of the Spirit of God on you. You have dominion in this life, more so than you could ever understand. And God has given you that because He wants to walk in that way. And so we have to make sure that we're not giving our strength to the things that could ruin us, getting caught up in the things that don't produce good. We have to be careful. We don't, whenever it gets hard or whenever it gets pain, we don't kind of lay all of that aside and run to escape things and, and try and just forget about the challenges. That pain could be the thing that's producing in us and, and kind of gives us the opportunity to really bring light and warmth. And lastly, we've got to use all that we have been given to lift up others around us, to engage in society's pain has been our phrase. And so this is what it comes down to. We have to resist the intense materialistic culture we live and breathe in and not use our strength to serve our lustful appetite. We need to resist the comfort-seeking and escapist culture we live and breathe in and do not use our, our power to make ourselves immune to pain and suffering. That's not the way of Jesus. And we need to resist the individualistic, self-serving culture we live in and use our power to strengthen others and lift them up, especially those on the margins. This is what it is to be a king. This is what the economy of heaven is all about. And so lastly, this is kind of a big charge, a big word. I think it's appropriate for us today in America. But how do we do it? How is it possible for us? We know ourselves. We know the, the culture we live in. We know the water we've been swimming in. It's so steeped within us, this selfishness, this individualistic, this materialistic, this consumeristic mindset in society. So how do we break free? Well, Jesus taught us real clearly, real simply, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will bear much fruit. Formation will happen. Change will happen. It really comes down to that, church. It really comes down to that. Even if you don't know Jesus, right now, today, you could say, I'm going to start abiding in Christ. I'm going to lean into Jesus. I'm going to start breathing in his air and his word. I'm going to start planting myself in his garden instead of in the, all the other gardens of this world. That's really what it comes down to. It's, it's hard, but it's simple. It's hard, but it's easy at the same time. It's hard to stay there when all of a sudden we're planted in that garden, we're receiving the goodness of God, we're worshiping, we're caught up, we're being encouraged, and all of a sudden we see that thing over there, or that commercial over there, or all of a sudden Instagram tells us we need to do that, and we start to feel ourselves wandering. It's okay, come on back. 
Plant yourself in the love of Christ. Plant yourself in the wisdom of Christ, the manifold wisdom of Christ found in his church and in his community. And you will see that stuff will start to work in you, start to form in you, start to wash away certain things in you so that you can be the kind of king or queen that God wants you to be. Well, that's our message today, and we're going to have a song right now. And again, I don't want you to tune out right now, even though it's like so easy to just click on the screen or whatever. But right now, I just want you to kind of sit and meditate on some of these words. Stephen's going to lead us in a song of worship. And you can worship. Um, you can cry out to God. You can make some confession to God and ask Him to forgive you. You can also just say, hey, God, uh, I know I've been far from you, but I want to be close. Help me be close. Whatever it is, and then afterwards, I'll go ahead and and kind of give us a benediction after the song. My heart is overwhelmed And I cannot hear your voice I hold on to what's true Though I cannot see if the storms of life they come and the road ahead gets steep I will lift my hands in faith I will believe I remind myself of all that you've done in the life I have because of your son Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. I am yours. I am forever yours. Mountain high and valley low. I sing out and remind my soul. I am yours. I am forever yours. My heart is filled with hope and every promise comes my way When I feel your hands of grace Rest upon me Staying desperate for you, Lord Staying humble at your feet I will lift my hands in praise Oh, I will believe I remind myself of all that you've done In the life I have because of your son Oh, love came down and rescued me Love came down and set me free I am yours, I am forever yours
Well, I want to talk to anyone out there that, you know, something is stirred inside you as we've gone through the service or the message. And you're ready to just say, you know what, I've been far from Jesus and or I, I don't know Jesus and I'm ready to take that step today. And if that's you, um, I, w- I want you to say a prayer with me. Um, it's not a magical prayer, <laughs> but it's just the first step towards abiding in Jesus and inviting him into your life and to surrendering your life to him. So if you're ready to do that, go ahead and pray with me right now. You can repeat after me right there in your own home. and um, might feel a little awkward or whatever, but Jesus is worth it. So let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I need you. I feel very lost. But I believe you know the way. I believe you can heal my heart. You can show me the right path. And you can lead me to heaven. So I want to give my life to you. Because I believe you gave your life for me. Thank you for dying on that cross to forgive my sins. Thank you for sending your spirit to fill my life and guide me. And now do lead me, Jesus, and show me what to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, you can know that Jesus heard you, and uh, he's going to come knocking on the door. And I'd encourage you to go find someone you know that has a relationship with Jesus, and Ask them some questions. Tell them what you did. And uh, that'll start the process again of abiding in Him. If you plant yourself in Him, you will bear good fruit. Your life will become what it was meant to be. And the world will get to see the beauty that you were meant to be. Um, But thanks for joining us again. If you want more information, you can go to um, livingstreams.org backslash goodnews to get some more details there. And, And for everyone else, obviously the website's a great place to get information up to date, what's going on. And uh, again, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week.